Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So for this week's episode, we are going to be focusing on Black men and mental health. So for this part, I have two of my good friends joining us. We have Ezekiel and Sultan. Woo, woo. So you guys, I let you guys do your own bio. So tell us like your name. Why well, I, I said your names. So tell us your names, pronouns, what school you go to, what you're studying, that kind of thing. Let the people know who you are. Sultan, you can start. All right, um, I'm Sultan. I attend the University of Ottawa and I study computer engineering. Um, that's pretty much it about me still, yeah. Interests? Um, interests. Uh, I like coding, you know, anything engineering related, obviously. Um, anything outside of that, probably just soccer, um, basketball, sports. I like that type of stuff, yeah. Okay. Um, my name is Ezekiel. I'm also attending the University of Ottawa in fourth year in international development. Um, that's pretty much it. For interest, I would say soccer and basketball too, um, any type of sports, so football too, um, mental health. That's why we're here today. So yeah, really, and uh, any type of like uh, social innovations, like trying to figure out things that we that can change the world. So. Those are the interests that I have. Cool, cool. So I usually start off with the thing I like to call question period. So it's just basically like, like simple questions um, to get to let the people know who you are more. So and then we'll go into the topic of today of this episode. So the first thing for you guys is like you said, you guys kind of touched on it, but like what's your guys' favorite sport and what's your favorite player of said sport? Hmm. Um, my favorite sport is soccer and my favorite player. Hmm. Mm, this is a tough one. I, I would say, um, I would say, <laughs> honestly, I'll, I'll just say Ronaldo because that was my favorite player growing up. But I feel like as time changed, so is my favorite player. I don't know where I lie anymore. But yeah. Okay. Um, so I play basketball, but soccer is my favorite sport. So that's a new slash for a lot of people because they never know. Um, so as a soccer player growing up, I think that, um, my favorite player all time is Zizi Drogba because, um, the influence that he had on African kids, um, that's the reason why I wanted, like, why I wanted to play, um, soccer. If I have to go to my second sport that I actually play, which is basketball, um, Kobe Bryant, hands down, favorite player all time. Makes sense, makes sense. What is your guys' favorite song at the moment? You guys like go through your phone, maybe see like your recent plays, but let the people know like your favorite song at the moment. And it can be from any genre. It can be R&B, it can be Afrobeats, it can be rap, it can be, if you listen to country, it can be country. Um, that's a good question, to be honest. I'll see right now. Um, I don't know. I've been playing this song a lot. G Herbal, Mama, I'm Sorry. Okay. You know, kind of relates to what's going on today. Black kid coming from the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, go through it. And he's pretty much apologizing for all the things that he did, you know. Okay, I like and the message. You know, it's a lot. Yeah, I like that song. I feel like in the same way, um, with inspiring songs, I'll have to go with, um, that I'm listening a lot right now, and I'll have to go with Shine by Meek Mill. Okay. So it's all about like 
growing up in the streets or growing up in like in a hard um, environment and getting where we're trying to get. And it's, I think that it reflects a lot of the black communities either in Canada or in the United States because we don't always have it easy and we come from hard environment, but someday we know that at some point we're gonna get there, we're gonna get to our goals, our top, whatever. So I think that that's a good song. If I was like a prime minister, I would probably enter on that song. Oh the version, but like I would probably enter on that song. Okay. So if, P- if you become prime minister, we just know that that's the song you're entering into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. Fine. Um, who is who? Who was the most influential celebrity growing up for you guys, or figurehead? Mm. I would say, for me personally, I would say um, Dave Chappelle. Okay. I, really like, I thought his commentary, his social commentary, and, and the way he lined that with jokes was just, it was perfection. Like, it was actually artistic to me. And also just the way he just didn't give, let me watch my language. The way he didn't care about, you know, society and all the standards that existed in society, and he just did what he wanted. That was, that was cool to me. Okay, okay. I feel that for me, it would be Denzel Washington. Um, all the movies he made and every speech or awards that he get or whenever, wherever he is, all the speeches that he um, pronounce are always inspiring, always. Like it's always well written, well, um, well explained. There's a lot of like things to retrieve from the message that he he brings and he's a great actor so i think that denzel washington would be one of the best i like those choices um what's your favorite place to grab food in ottawa hmm. i'll just keep the simple and say osmos because <laughs> see i feel like osmos is overrated <laughs> honestly i definitely hear that but i'm waiting for something else to impress me out here yeah okay i get that I think like um, you have to explore Sultan. I think you have to explore Ottawa. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much places. I feel like um, it depends of what I'm trying to eat. Cause like, so I'm from Ottawa. Yeah, no, actually. And I grew up here and like, I'm a foodie. So like so many restaurants, I can't tell what I haven't tried in the Bioware market. I can't tell what I haven't tried in Lansdowne. Like I've tried probably everything. And if I'm trying to eat African food, um, I'll have, I'll have, I know some people don't like it, but I'll have to go with Pili Pili if I'm trying to have African food. Um, if I'm trying to eat like Western American food, I'll have to go with the works um, okay. in the place. Really, really good. If I'm trying to eat pizza, any pizzeria in the little Italy is better than anything else in the city. Um, if I'm trying to eat like Asian food, I'll have to go to a Korean barbecue spot on uh in the glebe so like i like there's too many choices for me to actually be like but you hmm. gave us options you gave us options that's what we like yeah yeah and then the last question of our question period is kind of going into our topics of what is the first thing you kind of do when you're having an off day or a bad day um when i have an off day or a bad day i usually just take that time to 
distance myself from, you know, all the distractions and really just think and, you know, internalize all my issues, you know, just give myself some time to relax and whatnot. That's pretty much what I do. Okay. Um, I think that I do the same thing that Sultan, but also um, less now, but um, I used to go to the gym and play basketball. So I would go to the court and shoot some hoops. I feel like this is one of the safe space that I have. Um, whenever I'm there, I forget everything that's about like either life problems or like you're just focused on whatever you're doing at that moment, which is basketball. Um, right now, since I can't access those court, I think that music has been a lot of, uh, has been helpful. Like I'll send in, I'll stay in my room and like listen to music. And that's probably, when I have a stay, that's probably what I'm gonna do. Adding to what Sultan said by okay. removing themselves from the world. That's good. So like you, like I said in the beginning of this, um, we're going to be talking about Black men and mental health. It's important to like just kind of highlight some of the struggles that men do go through. Um, and I think it's important that we do start having these conversations regarding mental health. Mental health is still stigmatized. And especially when you go into marginalized communities, like, like Black communities, immigrant communities, we don't see we don't really hear conversations about mental health. So I want to have this platform where we can start having these conversations, particularly with black men, because I feel like with men, mental health is not something you really are taught. It's not really talked about in the media. So I want to make sure that we are giving space for black men to talk about their mental health, especially young black men. So the first question I have in this topic is, how does the perception of being, society's perception of being a black man affect you, either positively or negatively? Hmm. It's a loaded question. Yeah, a loaded question. It's deep. Okay. I ask this question because I feel like the perception of how society sees you can affect you mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like the way society sees me as a black man, um, they see me as somebody who's definitely inferior in certain spaces. And then in other spaces, superior in a sense. You know, but as a young student who's, you know, attending university, I feel that most people don't really see me and think I warrant the respect that I do until I show them. You know, I feel like there are a lot of students who, it's just assumed that they're resilient. And for me as a black student, I kind of have to show that or prove that to a lot of people. And it's never really assumed that I know what I'm doing. And I even feel that even my black peers kind of look at me in that regard and don't assume that of me until we talk or have a conversation or discuss our course material and whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's how I feel on that. I totally agree with what you just said. I feel like um, you have to prove to yourself, like you have to prove yourself to like the white community or like all the other communities, not only the white community, but also to your peers. <laughs> it feels like you have to prove to like everybody else that whatever you do, you're not, the stereotype that people mm-hmm. actually put on yourself. I feel like a lot of time, like you said, um, let's say if it's about sports, we're black, we're black people. So like we're gonna excel in sports because we've always that's a stereotype that like black men we're athletes, we're 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 strong, blah blah blah. And then when it comes to education, when it comes to family, like probably not in Canada, but like in the States, you have this stereotype that the dad is always absent. Mm-hmm. when with uh, studies, if I had the link, I could show you, they've seen that in studies, 
black uh, fathers are not more absent than white fathers in the United States. Actually, white fathers are more absent than black fathers in certain regions of the United States. And they try to paint that on um, all the problems that the black, black community face, like um, the gang wars, mm -hmm. drugs, and all those stuff. Because they had those issues, they try to paint other stuff to make them feel like we're like those type of uh, make you feel inferior. Yeah, who who are not caring about where we're trying to go in life. And I feel like this is kind of unfair, but also I've been taught from a young age that I had to always do more, always, um, like my dad used to say, like whatever um, your friends are gonna do who are born here, um, who are Canadian, Quebecois, whatever they're gonna do, you'll have to do more. Mm -hmm. to be on their level like you'll have to always push more always and you can't that like, you can't fail because when you fail that's where they like pick you apart and yep. like try to tell you that you're not good enough but you're already starting with like that small step where you're in free technically inferior in that society and we have to push more which is kind of unfair but like i think that we i got used to it mm -hmm. and it's not good that i got used to it because we you have to adapt to it yeah, it should, it should be something that's not um, a norm, actually. Mm -hmm. What does mental health mean to you both? A lot of things. A lot, Give me a lot. the first two things that come to your brain when you think of mental health. Oh. Um, I'm going to draw a blank right now because I really don't know. I'll, I'll have to say um, conversations. Okay. And like what's like conversations about mental health? Yeah, yeah, about and just conversation discussion and mm -hmm. I'll have to say physical health comes to my mind when I talk about mental health. And why? It's because we spend our time taking care of our physical health so much and trying to be like, Oh, we need to be healthy, you need to eat, you need to do some sports, blah blah blah. And we've kind of like put mental health in that spot where it's like okay but what are we supposed to do about that and I feel like when whenever I hear mental health I'm like discussion and physical health are the first two things that comes to my mind because of that mm -hmm. related um, when I think mental health I think about social media and education the education system um obviously me being in school, a lot of students are overwhelmed that they don't know, you know, how to handle their certain circumstances and they develop things obviously. And then with social media, that's just another layer where people are now feeling put down by just the successes of other people. It's, so yeah, those are the two things I think about. And then kind of going off that, how do you feel like society looks at mental health specifically for, specifically for black men? You guys kind of touched about it earlier, but if you want to expand. I feel like um, one of the problems that we have is that in our own community, mm -hmm. we tend to be hard on ourselves. So we can't actually work on what we have to work on if we're the ones that are putting those limits and those barriers to like our own growth. Mm -hmm. um, by that, I mean that, well, it's... It's typical, let's say for Africans, I'll talk about African. It's typical for Africans to down, sometimes to downplay the struggles of Black Americans 
Why? Because they're going to say, oh, what we lived in Africa was far worse from what they're living here, blah, 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 blah. So even in the Black community, we have this problem of not acknowledging that it might be not, it's not, it's probably not the same situation. It's probably not the same pain, but you can't compare level of pain that are inflicted to someone because whatever I lived here is going to be my experience. And that's what it is. And whatever somebody lived overseas is going to be their experience and like we're probably going to feel the same level of pain but i won't be able to understand his experience and he won't be able to understand mine until we actually switch place and live those experiences so i think that with the black community what we have to start like where we have to start is within our own community we need to talk with each other and support each other because by the lack of unity we're not able to actually work on what we have to work on Sultan? Yeah. Um, when I think about black men and mental health, um, I find it unfortunate because a lot of the mental health are issues that stem from the black community obviously come from just being a victim of circumstance. You know, they're growing up in an environment that is nitty and gritty and kind of calls on them to be somebody that they shouldn't ever have to be. And it puts them in situations where they see things at such a young age, they learn things at such a young age, and they start to develop all these different traumas that they shouldn't really even ever have to experience in a lifetime just due to being a victim of circumstance. And so that's kind of my thoughts on that with mm. Black men and their environment and mental health. And it's not talked yeah. about, and you see statistics about like men, like you see statistics of like Black men are, I can't remember what the exact statistic is, but like how men in general commit suicide at greater, um, a greater, a greater, greater than women for that instance and it's not talked about it's kind of put under the rug black men go through depression it's not talked about so it's kind of like this thing where she's like oh you know we're not going to talk about it we're just going to sweep it under the rug and it's kind of like you can't keep avoiding it until it blows up and discussions like these where we need to start talking about and letting men have the space like you i'm going through this and i would like the support of my community to go forth um mm -hmm. growing up how comfortable did you feel about talking about your mental health or did you feel like you could talk about your mental health and the struggles that came with that the good and the bad um yeah. go ahead sultan uh for me personally i felt like i was able to talk about my mental health it definitely took time for me to have a circle of people that were developed enough to handle the things that i was going through in my life because obviously you know, let's say as a teenager, as a young teenager, you know, everyone was kind of immature and they didn't know how to handle, you know, certain people's mm -hmm. circumstances, situations. But obviously, as we matured later in high school, I felt like I found a circle of people. And even in university, I found a circle of people who I could really just have a real serious conversation with. And yeah, I, I think I have a circle of people that I could talk to. That I, I consider myself to be lucky. Okay. Yeah. Um... I feel like you had some great points. I feel like right now, the more I grew, the more um, it became easier to talk about my mental health. But I also that, I think that with the recent um, events, um, we've seen black people being more open and being more empathic and like having more empathy um, towards one another. Cause I could go back to probably six or seven years ago and we wouldn't like it wasn't even a, a thing about being in university or not but like the way my friend speak about mental health right now and the way they would have 
like people would think about mental health back then. I think that social media helped a lot um, to make that conversation easier. I think that for me personally, um, it's not that I didn't feel like I could talk about it. It's just that I felt like talking about my struggles was not um, something that had to be done. Mm -hmm. That My parents came here and they had situation that could be um, far more harder than mine. But uh, my mom, so I had a depression um, probably five, yeah, five years ago. I've been diagnosed with a depression. And I remember that after seeing a therapist and talking with my mom about it, she was like, you can never, ever, ever, ever compare your situation to ours. But it doesn't mean that what you're living here is not valid. And that's where my whole mentality on mental health like kind of changed. Because I was like, oh, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. Like, whatever I'm feeling here is not valid. Like, my parents went through a harder periods harder moments and I'm like oh I can't talk about that and then to be um to be understood by those uh by those that you couldn't like that you didn't want to talk to um it makes it easier for you to actually talk about like your feelings how you're how you're um experiencing stuff and like you feel like you're supported so I think that the support grew the more that I started to open myself people just they just want to hear you actually. And we feel like people don't want to hear us, but like, mm-hmm. especially our families, like people, they actually care. So I think that they would rather want you open up than seeing their child in any other sacred sense where they're struggling with their mental health. That's really important. Um, we saw Black Lives Matter took another pinnacle this summer with like the um, murder of George Floyd. And how do you feel like that has impacted you and the Black community mentally speaking? Like we keep seeing um, our lives not mattering in social justice and politics and basically a lot of industries. So how do you think that with Black Lives Matter relates to Black men mental health and that as a whole? Um, if I'm being honest, I feel like when it comes to Black Lives Matter, Matter and how it correlates to Black men in mental health. Um, I think what I learned from this summer in particular was that Black men definitely feel like, you know, with, with the movement and how it grew so much, a lot of Black men feel like, you know, we have people behind us now mm-hmm. who care about the struggles that we go through and care about our encounters with police and whatnot. But at the same time, looking at the outcome and looking at the climate of things now, we kind of noticed that things died down and we're not really talking about Black Lives Matter again, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, it, it, it put into perspective that, yeah, there are people who are there and care, but at the same time, it also puts into perspective that at the end of the day, this is a fight that you're going to have to fight on your own. Because again, if we're looking at the way things are now, we don't really have people fending for us the way they were earlier in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a trend to hop on and then people have sadly exactly. hopped off of it like exactly so so that's what it is like now reality is kicked in and everyone realized it's you versus the world for the most part yeah. i totally agree also what i uh, what i've learned from like all of that is that um sometime we need to take a break and like you don't have to feel bad if you want to take a break because I remember at some point, um, especially at the beginning of the summer, and some people got mad at me, and I was like, they were like, you're not posting anymore, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. I'm like, it's already enough to see 
a guy that looks like me get killed every day mm-hmm. okay like let me process that and then whenever i want to share whenever i want to like talk about it i'll talk about it but right now let me process that because it's not cool to wake up and somebody else died somebody else died. especially during the blm movement so many people die like every week and everything mm-hmm. was getting taped and so you would and see- it was during covid so it was like you yeah. were, it wasn't so, like you had work to avoid exactly. like i was in my home i was seeing i'm on social media constantly i'm seeing it constantly i can't i physically always feel like i can't take a break uh-huh exactly and like this was for me actually it was so hard to act like i remember after so after philando castillo mm-hmm. i never watched any videos of people that like any black man dying so mm-hmm. i didn't see the vid like i know what happened because i've been told but i didn't look at the video of george Floyd being murdered why because i was like it's like it's normal now since trauma like, porn has movie? been it's trauma yeah. porn it's been normalized exactly. to see black lives being killed like this is not normal like this should not be normalized we should exactly. not be posting videos of our kin our brothers and sisters being killed like this is not something that should be normalized exactly. it's not been the norm and sadly it has exactly so that's why i was like i don't want to i don't want to share it like i'll share the information i'll share the injustice i'll share everything surrounding the event but i won't share the video because it's like and it might be hard like it might be uh, some hard words to say but it it's like the society like there's no difference between killing a black man and killing an animal it's like it's totally normal to see a black man die like i don't see so i have a lot of uh, friends who are um, hunters and I don't see them share their like the the bees that they kill all the mm-hmm. time like this but I would see black men die more on my timeline to a, a higher rate than I'll see hunters or fishers or whatever they're doing on my timeline and I'm like what is that like this is kind of hard like I, I I can't like live with that so that's why I stopped watching those videos it doesn't mean that i don't care it's just it just means that um i don't want to inflict like you said i don't want to be part of this um normalization of like black men or black women that i like i don't i don't so yeah i think as a society we need to stop like like i said this should not be normalized seeing black lives being killed is normalized when i first saw the video of um george floyd getting killed i remember posting like guys you we should not be sharing this you guys should not be like i understand that it's important for us especially now with social media we have the ability to be sharing police brutality and what's going on so has been going on so much in our community but it's not healthy first of all it's not healthy for us to be seen and just imagine the family what they're going through they're dealing with their loved one being killed in such a brutal Mm -hmm. way i don't think it's right for us to be sharing their dead body and you wouldn't want your dead body being shown on social media so we have to continue and people are not understanding the mental toll that black lives matter has taken on black people this year this summer like it was everywhere like we as black people do not have a space we didn't have time to really rest like what you're talking about Ezekiel it was hard for us to really sit back like I need to take time for myself because I felt like if you weren't posting you weren't putting it out there and we Mm -hmm. wanted to advocate as much as possible it is a it is it was hard for us because at one point we want to be posting but it's it's affecting us mentally to the point where like we it's hard like for me personally it was hard for me to eat it was hard for me I went through it this summer it's hard to process to go day in day in and day out knowing that people of your skin color are getting killed and the system that you are in is not really doing anything to help or do anything about it. I I actually have a perspective on um 
that whole idea of seeing videos and whatnot. Go for it. And I definitely understand that, you know, we should respect the integrity of the dead. I definitely understand that. That being said, a lot of the time, those videos do put a lot of things into perspective in the mm -hmm. sense of li literally you can see this person dying and you can see the circumstances in which they're dying. And then you see the systems that be and the powers that be clean it up and make it seem like everything that happened was legitimate. And so these types of videos kind of just put context behind Black Lives Matter in the sense of when people say, what does that mean? And what is the point of that? And and why is it a, a movement? These videos and the verdicts that they come out with kind of put into perspective why we need these movements to exist. Because exactly. it's like, look at what the system is doing and look at how they're cleaning up all the, you know, the silly things that they're doing. It's, I, I do think it's important, but at the same time, I definitely understand that we should be respecting the dead. That's an important perspective, like you said, because mm -hmm. there's video of these black men being killed and the justice system is like, oh, when it comes to the officers, oh, they're, they've been indebted, but nothing's happened to them. Or they get to walk off scot-free, like they didn't end up killing an innocent life. So it's a very important perspective to look at it from. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like the education system has either supported you or neglected you as a black man? particularly with your mental health, like, especially mm -hmm. in the spaces, because you guys, you, um, Ezekiel, you're in international development. Um, Sultan, you're in computer engineering. So I'm assuming that these spaces that you're in are predominantly, like you're, I'm, I'm assuming that you gentlemen are usually the only black men in these spaces. But my question is like, how has that affected you? And how has the education can have either helped you in any way or supported you or neglected you? Sultan, you yeah. So growing up when I was around, when I was in grade four, um, I, I remember one day I was put in an ESL room during lunch. And like, this was, this was a room that a lot of people liked, or not ESL, sorry. Um, I was put in a, a special classroom. It was a special needs? classroom. Huh? Special needs? Special needs, I believe it is. Yeah. And it was, it was me and this other guy who was in my homeroom class. I was put in a special classroom. And, you know, at the time, a lot of people enjoyed being in there because, you know, you're able to play games, play board games and all of that. You didn't really have to, you know, be at your classes all the time. And it was the spot to be during lunch. You were always able to invite friends over too and do all of that. So it was the spot to be at. And so I remember at the time, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm out here and whatnot. But looking back, I began to realize I was put in that classroom because I acted out a lot in school. And so the counselors believed that, you know, because of my acting out, I had anger management issues and it was dire anger management issues. You know, not just some troublesome black kid. It was like, you have an actual mental issue. And so we need to separate you from all these students. And this was something that was told to me until I was in grade six or seven. And so hearing that I had that past and looking at where I'm at now, it makes absolutely no sense how they deduced that that was the right situation or circumstance for me to be in. And I feel like the education system does that to so many, you know, young black men like me in the sense of just stamping a label on them and saying, mm -hmm. yeah, you have, a, you have a problem. And doing that kind of puts a glass ceiling above our heads. Because now, yep. if I really grew up thinking that of myself, I wouldn't be able to accomplish the things that I accomplished. And it was until my uncle, who was a school counselor in Nigeria, he started living with us. He started to really <laughs> give me the ropes and he just showed me that, hey, yo, you're not crazy or anything. Like these schools are actually just, they're, they're putting you in a box. 
Yep. And allowing you to realize that they're not really purging me of my behavior, behavior and mannerisms. And of course, a few, a few experiences at home with my parents obviously changed me into the man I became today. But yeah, I do think the education system is flawed and it failed me. It almost took me down the wrong path. And yeah, there has to be a lot of reform in that space for sure. And 100%. I feel that before even addressing the education system with Black men, the education system with um, just um, everybody in general is a problem. So imagine when you're a minority. So like if it's problematic for those who are supposed to be in position of power, mm-hmm. when you're a minority, like it's, it's even worse. And I feel like... Um, it's kind of funny because like in my program in the English, so I did um, the French program for my first year and then I switched to the English program for my last three years. And in the French program, um, black people and immigrant, so BIPOC communities are uh, the majority, for sure, for sure, for sure. In the English um, side, um, I'm, in the, I'm in the minority. Mm-hmm. So it was funny to see how both sides would deal with the education system and how they would see stuff. And I feel like it's really funny because on the English side, um, people knew that it was a problem, like the education system is problematic, but especially for minorities. And on the Francophone side, um, people didn't care that much, even though we were more, um, there was a lot more my um, minorities in that program. So it was kind of weird to see like the dynamics between the the different like just language how it changes perspective and like it's always the same thing with my black my black francophone friends and my black anglophone friends and like they have pretty a lot of times there's perspective on different black issues are really really different and Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm I'm trying to understand and I might have to do a study or I might have to do something on that, but I'm trying to understand why do we have different vision of the black community because of language or because of the background that we come from. Mm -hmm. And I feel that in the education system, um, I never had any problem. I've been in international programs. I've been in enriched programs. I was always one of the only like black dude and I remember switching program to regular program just because I wanted to be with more black people because I felt like I wasn't in um, a safe space. Yeah. yeah, Like nobody was mad. Like nobody was mean to me. Like everybody was nice to me. Like there was no problem. And like everybody was pretty polite with me. It's just that all my friends were in the regular program, like all the ballers, all the guy plays soccer. So I was like, yes, I'm getting this higher education, but, I want to see my friends. I want to, I need community. And like, even if you have friends from other um, communities, sometimes you want to, be, you want to be with your own. And this is the only part that I think that, and it was in high school. That's the only time that I knew that I was like, okay, I really need to like be with my own community. But like for the rest of my life, it's always been, a, it, it's always been easy. I think. Community is very important, and hearing both of your stories, especially your Sultan, is kind of it goes onto like how society and education kind of views Black people, and they kind of like there's this thing called school to prison pipeline. How like the way that sometimes the education system has 
been presented and been functions kind of like allowing putting these um like stories like your assault and putting stories like these and then this is how black kids go down those quote-unquote wrong paths and end up in this area like the way the education system will deal with a black student is much more different than a white student like you're talking about like anger management the way they would approach it would be different and that also that affects you mentally because kind of like i feel inferior to and then if i feel inferior to and i feel like i can't do x y and z i'm just going to continue blah 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 and it's just a, like i said it's very dangerous especially as young black um, students it's very dangerous especially in the future if we choose to have children that we don't want them to feel as though they are less than and we want the community that they want them to feel like though like i am a black student and i belong in this place and i feel like i don't belong in this place like you exactly you didn't feel like you like you you need the community and if you don't get the yeah. community you're gonna seek it elsewhere mm -hmm. um last two questions is what more that what more needs to be done in regarding mental health especially in the black community like um just the black community resources um and a relationship with the government and um go ahead <laughs> my, my thoughts on the black community and what they need in terms of you know just purging the community of all the mental health issues that we have i feel like first we definitely just need more facilities communities that are dedicated to mental health um just those types of resources being put into our institutions our community centers just anywhere we can put them because they really are important um but in terms of actually solving the issue of you know black men going through um, mental health issues in their communities i feel like what's very important is for black men to kind of i guess change their perspective on the lifestyles they live. That is very important. I feel like a lot of black men kind of see or have a distorted image of what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them think that being a man means belonging to the streets and, and being a part of that type of lifestyle and culture. I think that that needs to change and we need to kind of just have a completely new perspective on what it means to be a man for black men in particular. Um, and I feel like when that happens, you know, a lot of problems get solved, including mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. I feel like my personal, like, perspective on that is, like Sultan said, we need to change the way we see ourselves. Um, I had so many discussion and so many heated arguments with guys in my community that are my age, but doing, like, wrong things. And I was like, whatever you're doing, and whatever you're teaching the young kids, the young black men, you're putting them in a spot where they it's gonna be hard for them to get out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like like he like Sultan said, that street mentality, like I hate it so much. Like I'm not saying that I don't like rap. I'm not saying that I don't understand where let's say the rappers come from, but like the mentality of being like, cause let's say, um, I'll think about all the kids that came from Africa, all the kids that were born here <clears throat> in great families with, um, even though they're not rich, they're, they'll have the, the, the ways to get to school, the ways to, to be successful. And they'll decide by themselves to just have that street life, but because it's, it's nicer, um, having the, the money, having all the jewelry, having all those types of, stereotypes that we see in those music videos 
it feels so attractive because it's something that you get right now. Instant gratification. Exactly. And like kids, when they see that, they're like, oh, I want to be like that. And then I remember going into schools and talking to young black kids and I'm like, you need to stop. Like there's other ways to make money. There's other ways to be successful. And like, if you have a talent and you love to rap, fine, that's good. But like, it doesn't mean that being a rapper needs that you need to actually like do bad stuff. Like you'll see a lot of rappers that are rappers, but they don't do bad stuff or mm-hmm. that been used to do bad stuff. And now they're trying to explain to younger generation that whatever they were doing was because at that moment they were in a bad spot, but that now you need to change. And I feel like the models that we have, so we have so many big role models in the black community. And I feel like the kids are looking at, I don't want to say the wrong ones, but they're looking at the ones that- With the distorted image of what it means. Yeah, exactly. So- like Sultan said, um, we need to stop, especially in the Black community, we need to stop to say that we need to always, always, always be strong because this is exactly. a problem mm-hmm. and it becomes so much harder for us to open up because I'm always like, oh, I need to provide. I need to be strong. I, I can't cry. Uh, what are people like? How, how, are, how am I supposed to face people if I cry, if I'm sad, if I'm blah, 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 blah? when those things should be normal. Like, I don't think that you have to cry in front of everyone all the time to express your emotions. Like, I don't do that. And if you want to do it, you can do it. But, but it like, should be normalized. and be I feel that it, should be, yeah, it should be normalized. Like, you should be allowed to do it if you want to do it. And I feel like Black men are, like, not allowed. And it's not even because of, like, the other societies or the other communities. It's because between each other, we have this type of unspoken rule kind of like you have yeah to it's like you, you're not supposed you're not supposed to be soft you're not supposed like like you can do soft thing you can do feminine things you can, like there's so many things that a black man can't do and fear of being accused of being soft of being an homosexual or whatever and like we target those communities that are also part of the black community mm-hmm. we target the black homosexual community we target the black transgender community and those are all part they're part of our community yep and we've been pushing those communities because we're like oh this is not this is not something black people should do but like no what are you talking about like by saying that you're putting um them in a special spot and you're also affecting their mental health because they have mm-hmm. they already have to be black and now they have to care about so many other things and not being accepted by their own community so they have to fight so many fights alone instead of being supported by their own community and exactly. i feel like like I said in the beginning, we'll have to, unity is one of the biggest problem, in my opinion, in the Black community. As soon as we're going to unite in a better way with a better understanding of our current situation, we're going to be able to work on uh, other issues. Important. And last, last question is, what is an area or topic that isn't talked about in the mainstream media that needs to be addressed more? It doesn't have to be mental health. It could be something that you personally, from your own background, from your own culture, from your own research, education, that you feel like the mainstream media needs to talk more about. Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like there's many stories that are not being talked about and Whenever I do an episode, I want to make sure that people are giving the space to talk about stuff that may not be mainstream, which not trending on Twitter or CNN's not talking about. Okay, then I'll be oh. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, in regards to like issues with the black community, 
I'm not one to trust the mainstream media only because of the fact that they do take a lot of stories and they kind of twist them and distort mm-hmm. them into black and whatnot. So when it comes to a lot of the sensitive issues in the black community, I do think that it has to be a problem for the black community, unfortunately. And it's unfortunate that we can't, you know, look to mainstream outlets to help us, you know, just push these positive messages out. But, you know, their intentions aren't really positive either. And so I don't feel like they're worth trusting. So if I had to say an issue that is, you know, deserving of um, the attention, I would just say NSARS. That's pretty much it. I think that needs a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. There's no way they could do that. So, yeah, NSARS. Yeah, that's 100%. I feel like you said it all. Like, we need more Black people in all the spaces that we're struggling with. That's my point of view. I feel like, um, and I feel like this is also a problem with the Black community. I've, like, let's say, um, when you're young, you'll hear, let, you, you need to become a lawyer or a doctor. Or engineer. And I'm like, and I'm like or engineer, okay? Which Sultan is doing in property. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I feel like we need to stop saying that to kids because yes. because of this um, discourse, we've been um, preventing them to go in other places where black people are needed. Yep. So why are we not saying we need more black politicians? Why are we not saying we need more black um, doctors? Is all right. Yes, we need them. Teachers. We need black, black teachers. Because we're trying to teach people about our struggles. But all the people that are graduating from the teacher school are white. And then we're angry because white people are teaching us. But like we don't, send, we don't tell a kid to be teachers. You don't so like that space to say, like, yo, you can be a teacher, you can be everything yeah. else. And the thing that also comes from, like, us being from immigrant households and them having the mentality, like, oh, the best jobs are exactly. medicine, law, exactly. and engineering. I'm like, yeah, that's good. But there's also other industries and um, occupations that do need our voices and that and need I, us to be there. 100%. And I feel like it. we've always focused on the money-rewarding jobs, but we never focus on the society-changing jobs. Mm-hmm. Teachers are the most, in my opinion, are one of the most positioned in the world because you form the future humans of tomorrow. So if we don't have diversity in the teacher, um, in the teaching, in the teaching space, it's yes, a problem of society, but it's also of us not like not valuating, like giving value, sorry, to those places. Um, Social workers, um, 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 like there's so many places where I'm like, we need to tell kids that it's all right to be this and that. You don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer. If you want to help the world in any type of way, and if you have something that you like, do it. Because the more that we'll get Black people in those positions and people from other communities, the more we'll have a diverse and better representation of everyone to every level. Like, I think change starts. Uh-huh, exactly. And, like, because I've seen, like, us walk this summer – and right now we're talking about all these issues and like we're screaming our lungs that we want change, but it's going to be hard to have change if we don't have people looking at us on the political level caring about that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all the politicians have to be black to care about black issue, but I'm saying that it's going to help because <laughs> mm-hmm. if there's two, let's say there's a group of 10 people, if there's only one black man in that group of t- you know people. our voice is being heard yeah it's one voice but let's say there's five there's four five guys then it's gonna it's gonna be easier for them to actually showcase the struggle that we have as a community and i feel like um 
we need to enter those spaces. So that would be um, my subject, which is, if I had to resume it, we need to um, let our, yeah, we need to have a better representation in all the spheres of work. And we need to tell our children that it's all right to be a doctor, but it's also all right to be a teacher. If you want to be a teacher, if you want to be a baker, be a baker. If you want to be whatever else, you want to be, be whatever else you need, because we need that. We need all of that. Amazing final words from Sultan and Ezekiel. Again, the conversation doesn't stop here. We still need to be talking about this and we are the change. And having conversations like this is where we can start seeing change happening. Stuff, small conversations like talking about mental health and stuff like this, we will potentially see change because we're going to be more open with it. And we're more open with it. We can have more discussion with even people up. So thank you again, Sultan and Ezekiel, for dedicating your time to being on this episode. Ezekiel is with Jack org which is an organization that talks about mental health and he just had a small short film with them 11 minutes if i'm not mistaken so yeah. i will have that link below that you guys can all see i'll also put their social media down below so you guys can also follow them but thank you so much gentlemen for dedicating again time for us i really appreciate it and yeah thanks to you for the opportunity yeah